I'm excited to announce that we are now on Patreon. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. The human created matrix does that because when you're not present in the moment and you're operating a bit below zero on the vibrational spiral, you, you are a more pliable, useful consumer. Wendy Pristinsky, how are you? I'm great. Yourself? Good. You've been on a couple of times. This is probably your third time on now? Yes. Yeah. We, you always have interesting topics. Uh, we, we did one on, um, we called it fringe sexuality, uh, demisexuality, and, and, and all of those things that I learned about that day. So that was a very interesting episode. If you haven't uh, heard Wendy's episode and all of that, uh, go back and find it. It's it's probably been at least a year uh, since we probably back 2021. I think we got into to uh, all of those different fringe sexualities or those labels, if you will. Uh, and then you're out of boot camp now, probably more than two years, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, I think it was 2018, late 2018. I graduated. So you're continuing in the Taya lifestyle. You're you're officially a Taiist. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So how how is life treating you as a Thaiist? Good. It's really given me a new set of tools and a new perspective when dealing with everything in my life, whether it's, you know, current events or um, my work or my my finances or my health. I've taken a new perspective on everything, and that's helped me navigate things so much more smoothly. And, you know, lately, um, I've applied it to my, my animals. I, I own two guinea pigs. I'm a proud guinea pig mother, but um, one of them recently passed away and the other um, needed some life-saving surgery. And uh, it was a little stressful and I was a little worried. And, you know, I had that fear and judgment coming in. And so I d- dug deep into my Taya tools and, it's, it's worked out wonderfully. It was the best possible outcome. And we, I just thought, you know, you know what, I should, you know, talk about, talk to David about this, like we should do a podcast, because I, I reckon that a lot of listeners at one point or another have had an animal that in their lives that was very special to them. And, you know, how we can use our Taya tools and our relationships with our pets and with animals in general. And, you know, how in talking about how special animals are in our life, you know, I was just watching the Queen's funeral this morning and one some of the most poignant shots I saw were of her favorite animals. Her corgis were, were lined up there. There were her favorite horses. They were uh, mentioning that the, the announcers were, you know, uh, commenting on, her, you know, her love of animals. So it really doesn't matter who you are, what station in life. I mean, for most of us, our animal friends have touched our life in some way. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought the queen up uh, because she she was an animal lover. I, I'm not a huge follower of the queen, but I do watch The Crown and I watched, uh, we actually watched the movie The Queen uh, with Helen Mirren from the early 2000s. I think it was around 2004, 2007 or so that that movie was out uh, over the weekend, you know, now that she's, she's crossed over. Uh, I think it was trending and I just decided to watch it. I never did see it. And so it was interesting to watch. And from what I gather of the queen, I'm sure you know a lot more about her than I do. She was an animal lover. She loved her horses. She loved her dogs. We all know that. Uh, but she was also a hunter when she was younger. And there was a scene in the movie and there were some scenes in the crown series, which showed that she loved animals. She had great respect for them, but she was also a hunter. 
and certainly yeah. a car carnivore, right? Yes. <laughs> so I think a lot of people get caught up in, in all of that. And we, we, we the, the stream has been asked about these things many, many times. And over and over again, they have stated that we really operate in reverse of universal law. That if we are really operating in harmony with universal law, we have an understanding that the earth environment is a self-contained ecosystem. And in this self-contained ecosystem, life sustains life. Life, the beings feed off of one another, literally. And in the energetic realm, life and death and the life journey is not viewed as this uh, must be prolonged at any cost thing that is so precious because it's all that is. In, in the matrix, life is viewed as precious because it's viewed as all that is. So there's a very interesting thing. I think we can really dig in in this episode into exploring this. How do you love animals and still consume them? Yes, absolutely. Because we, we talk about all of these belief systems and, you know, Taya is a belief system and veganism is a belief system and Christianity is a belief system and politics is a belief system. And of course, people subscribe to one or many to varying degrees of these belief systems. And there's certainly people out there, probably people that listen to this podcast, that their belief system is we should not do any harm to animals, that we have evolved past that as a species. Because certainly we understand that animals harm each other, usually for food, not for sport or out of anger, usually, but usually for food or sometimes, you know, fighting over a, a mating situation or something like that. Animals will do harm to one another. Uh, humans are unique in that, you know, there, there are humans that uh, seek to inflict harm for some sort of a perverse pleasure or, uh, you know, out of, uh, you know, stealing something from one another, that sort of thing. But for the animal world, it, it is very well understood in the animal world that there's a food chain and they're all in it. Even if you're at the top of the food chain where very few other creatures are preying upon you, eventually you are going to die and you're going to return your body to the earth anyway. Your, your body is going to become food for something else one way or the other, whether you are killed directly for it or you die some other way, which is usually some sort of an accident, I'm sure. Uh, and they, um, you know, they end up becoming food for something else. So you become food, every, every physical thing becomes food for something else, unless you disrupt that as humanity has. And then we've created, you know, these, these burials and, and cremations and all of this stuff in the stream book. The stream said that humanity, our design was really about coming and, and being part of that food chain. And then our intelligence advanced to a space where we sort of became a mutation of our environment. And we took ourselves out of the food chain, essentially. We weren't food for the things anymore, mostly. Very few human beings, you know, are killed to be food for something else at this point. And We've also taken ourselves out of that returning our body to the earth system. And that's actually created uh, a lot of disruption and illness and, and, and things like that in our journey. There's nothing wrong with that, but it has. So we don't return our bodies to the earth anymore. We're out of the food chain. And now in, in our being out of the food chain, we're applying 
that idea to other beings that we shouldn't be eating and consuming these animals and we certainly shouldn't be using them for leather and fur and and all of these sorts of things what's right what's wrong well the stream says there's no right or wrong there's no wrong way to to operate as a being in their eyes we can create all the rules that we want there's nothing wrong with that either but we are here really creating the rules for ourselves source is not saying do not eat each other even I think it's okay to choose not to do that, but the you know, source is not judging anything. So we've all decided, okay, we're not going to eat one another. You know, <laughs> we're going to do away with cannibalism. And there are some that are saying, don't harm the animals. And of course, there are also those of us that choose to own animals as pets. And I, I am certain that there are pet or animal lovers out there that even believe that that's wrong, mm-hmm. that you, that you uh, capturing these guinea pigs and holding them captive is, you know, you're doing them a disservice somehow. I know a lot of people are against zoos and things like that for that very reason. Yeah. All these beliefs, all yeah. of these different beliefs out there. But there, if there's no right or wrong, then we get to decide what to do for ourselves. I love dogs. I have had dogs as pets, uh, gosh, you know, almost my entire life. And I certainly look at their life and think that I'm not really doing them a disservice by the life that I provide. (laughs) You know, they have great food and they sleep on furniture and, you know, they get the run of the house and they're, they're treated very, very well. Not everyone treats their pets as well as I do, but they, they are. It's interesting though, because those of you that listen all the time know that I uh, now we have moved uh, into a new home and and part of our home is for Michael's mother, my quasi mother-in-law, even though we're not married. And she loves pets. She loves pets so much that she believes they shouldn't have rules. Mm. They shouldn't be trained. You shouldn't tell them to stop barking and to stop chewing. They they hang out in her living room in her suite a lot, uh, especially when Michael and I are both working during the day. And Rocco, our uh, year and a half uh, year old French bulldog, has taken to chewing on her furniture. He doesn't do that in our home. But over there, I think he gets bored or something's going on, separation anxiety. He really loves Michael. So separation from his person and he's chewing stuff over there and she's okay with it. She Mm -hmm. has these 50, 60 year old pieces of furniture that she's had forever and he's chewing it up and she's like, oh, he's just a baby. It's okay. (laughs) So interesting relationship that we have with our pets for sure. But the stream has said over and over again, you know, whatever we choose, there's no right or wrong in it. But as a Taya practitioner, I, I think the, the broader topic here is how do we interact with pets as, as a, as a Taiaist? Mm. Yeah, that's, that's um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there because, you know, animals have, you know, been with us for so long with humanity there that a lot of these animals do not exist in nature. We have bred them as domesticated animals. Guinea pigs, as they are, do not exist in nature. For to, so for someone to say, well, they shouldn't be in captivity, they should be free. Well, my in my belief, I'm doing it for their safety and their well-being. They will not last. Yeah, they would just minutes. be food for something else pretty quickly. Yeah, right? and to reconcile, you know, the fact that they're my beloved pet, but at, but in other parts of the world, they are a food source. They originally were bred as a food source. So I've been able to start to reconcile those two, you know, approaches to these animals and the same with, you know, yeah, being an animal lover versus being a hunter, you know, Elizabeth II did that quite well and she seemed quite okay with it. So yeah, it's, it's, um, 
yeah, I'm, that's why, that's why I'm here today. And, you know, hopefully I'm glad I got your perspectives and hopefully we'll get the streams perspectives. So, you know, I hope that, you know, people will walk away from this with a little more, with a little more food for thought and maybe expand their horizons a little bit when it comes to our animal friends. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting topic and let's do that. Let's bring the stream in. Let's take a little break and bring the stream in and, um, hear what they have to say and, and they can answer your questions around all of this. We'll be right back with the stream. If you're interested in making the Taya practice your new way of life, listen to what a few of our Taya Bootcamp graduates have to say. I made a lot of friends. I made a lot of people that supported me and helped me through. And I really truly learned to love myself, which, uh, <laughs> That is probably the best gift I've ever had in my life. They transform their lives with a new operating system, and so can you. Click the link in the show notes and book your free, no-obligation Taya Bootcamp discovery session today. Now back to the show. We are here. Good to be here with you. Today we're talking about um, pets, our animal friends, humans' relationships with animals, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a complicated relationship we have with the, the animals on our planet, whether they're wild animals or domesticated, whether they're pets or food, you know, everyone has an opinion on how we should treat our animal neighbors. And there's a lot of opinions, a lot of different opinions out there. And how do we, especially as Taya practitioners, how can we reconcile all of these different beliefs and perspectives? You, you bring up a very good point because there are always going to be different beliefs and perspectives. When, when uh, very often we, we witness humanity longing for harmony, longing for mass agreement on any and all topics where you all operate your lives the same with the same belief systems, you are not all on the same vibrational journey and understand that what creates the universe and expands the universe is that, that range, that band of vibrations that have variants and, and different belief systems, different rules, different attitudes, different vibrations that 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 entire spectrum of vibrational frequency is what creates the universe the the, the universe is not a terribly complex thing in comparison to uh, the hu human's belief systems as, as far as believing in 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 science and, and things of this nature that tend to make things seem more complex than they actually are but when you get into a scientific study of the universe of energy, the, the conclusion is always drawn that it's actually quite simple. But that simplicity rests in the acceptance of that spectrum of vibration and belief. So as, as projections of that which you call source that holds zero judgment around any topic. So there's no rules, there's no judgment you project into this physical environment of contrast and it is of contrast because of polarity, 
But that polarity, that contrast, that spectrum of ideas and beliefs and thoughts, all working actually in harmony with one another. It seems like an opposition within the matrix. We view it as harmonious, however. When you come in and project, we, we are speaking specifically to, to the strand of consciousness known as Wendy in this case. When you come in and project in as your own unique vibrational being into a set of circumstances that are physical, meaning your ego consciousness, you develop your own thoughts and ideas and beliefs. And, and as you are well aware, those shift and evolve over time, the more you experience life. That is your unique signature, unique in the entire universe into infinity, even. And so you have that unique strand arcing through this physical journey that has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you're going to have this experience in this ego consciousness with this set of beliefs and, and set of, of desires and preferences. And then someone else is going to come and create their own unique signature. And perhaps their signature is so far away from yours vibrationally that there is little that you're ever going to agree upon. We, we will provide an example of you are someone that has found your path to our teachings. You have opened your mind up to ideas that are well outside of your matrix. You have explored and experimented outside the matrix and you have discerned a preference to operate largely outside of that. While you are well aware that there is another out there who is so deeply rooted in the matrix, they are perhaps working in a similar environment as you are, or perhaps even a member of your family. But their belief system is that everything that you believe is absolutely wrong, if not absolutely insane. Their belief system is that perhaps there is a government entity or a religious entity that must be adhered to and obeyed, a set of rules that must be followed. And where the big difference is between what we are offering and many of these other bands of beliefs is that their way is the right way, is the only way, and that everyone should be following that. The uniqueness in our teachings and the uniqueness in, in that which you call Taya is that it respects that entire spectrum of beliefs because you now understand the value that is held in that entire spectrum of beliefs including those with whom you vehemently may discern a preference away from. And in, in, in speaking of the topic of, of animals, you understand that there are beings that believe that, that humanity should have zero impact on the animal kingdom in your world, that humanity should not be doing anything to disrupt their freedom and joy. And there are others that believe that the animals are here to serve humanity. And there are others that are even further on the other side of the spectrum that believe that that, that derives some sort of self-generated pleasure in simply being cruel to animals for the sake of cruelty. There's a whole spectrum of beliefs and everything in between that. And you understand that, that as vibrational beings, you are all weaving in and out of, of, of variants of these vibrations at all times. So the, the, even these vibrational signatures that we speak of are not static. So you have this, this fluctuation. Well, that tapestry of beliefs and tapestry of focus and tapestry of desires is exactly what creates your physical world. In fact, it creates the entire universe. It is the driving force of all that is. Is that tension 
as perceived in the matrix, working in what we perceive as harmony. Your, what you perceive as disharmony in the energetic realm is quite harmonious. That, that tension, think of what makes, what creates sound, what creates music. You, you have developed as human beings instruments to create music. The, the thing that creates music always is rooted in some sort of tension that creates sound. The, the wind blowing against an instrument creates sound. The plucking of a, uh, a, of a strand of a guitar creates sound. That vibration of that tension is what creates that sound. And you have figured out how to create this tension in such a way that it produces that which you really enjoy listening to. Something that you feel very aligned with. In fact, it very often can raise your vibration. So understand that that little bit of tension in using that instrument, including your own voice, because you have to manipulate your voice in, in a different way than speech to sing. And you certainly have to have more intention behind that manipulation to hit and hold certain notes consistently. So there is tension in all of that. There is tension in the making of music. So we have used this analogy to, to illustrate the fact that the things that you consider tension in your world, i.e. your belief system that, that your animals can be pets and that they are here for your pleasure and that you are, are providing for them in, in exchange for that, and the tension against the belief system that, that you were wrong in doing that, the tension in the belief system that if someone were to bring harm to one of your pets, that that would create a disruptive situation for you. That tapestry of, of beliefs and that tapestry of vibration is what creates expansion, is actually what creates harmony. Disharmony creates harmony. So as, as far as your attitude toward how you treat your animals, it is your own personal journey. We will always guide you toward your preferences. When you're up your spiral, and you are loving yourselves and all that is, how are you operating? What are your desires? When it comes to cruelty for the, the, the quote unquote pleasure of cruelty, that is not an up the spiral vibration. That is down the spiral for any being, any, any being that is in fight or flight, any being that is in an abusive mindset wanting to be the, the abuser, that is always below neutral because when you're in appreciation of all that is, that there is no such thing as bringing harm for pleasure. However, you can be up your spiral, completely source aligned and be on the hunt. You absolutely can because you chose to project into this self-sustaining ecosystem that absolutely includes life consuming life. So you can be up your spiral. You, you both use the example of, of Queen Elizabeth, having great respect for wild animals while also hunting them and killing them and consuming them ultimately. Those two things can exist simultaneously and can be a preference from above neutral in your vibrational spiral. In reverence for, in respect of, not hunting out of anger, not hunting to, to kill something that's larger than you, to to boost your own ego, but in the, the hunting of something for the sustaining of life, that is a natural state of being. 
you can choose to believe that you have evolved beyond that and operate your lives beyond that if you so choose. There is no judgment around that either. If you choose to never use animal products for anything, that is your preference of how you're operating your life experience. The energetic realm is not judging it. But if it's done in a cruel way, or if it's something that you discern a preference that if you were the one that had to do the killing, this is where David has found himself at that crossroads, having experimented with being a dietary vegan for a period of time, never fully stepping into the, the, the complete definition of a vegan, but exploring it. And in his exploration of it, deciding that he would not do anything that he would not be willing to completely partake in himself. In other words, if he needed to, to be the one to hunt and kill the animal, to consume the animal, then it's okay within his belief system for him to do that. But if he must rely on someone else to do the killing, then in, in a belief system, then it would be something that he would not be willing to do. But it's a preference. That is nothing more than preference. That, that, is, that is coming up with a, a belief system or a structure to operate your human experience within to, to, to have the, these rules and structures. And there's nothing wrong with rules and structures. This is why we, we offer up Taya as a practice that it is not a religion and there's no rules, but it still creates a framework from which you can operate your human lives because notice that you will always default into some framework. You, you are not going to get yourselves to this place where you're so sophisticated that you need no belief system because your mind in and of itself is a belief system. Exactly. Your human mind, your ego consciousness, you're always going to have some opinion, some preference, some belief, as long as you're physical. When you are not experiencing physical, when you're in, in your completed non-physical state, your eternal state of being, that mind consciousness, that preference discerning mind consciousness is not present. It's a very different mode of operation than what you are experiencing in your, your physical experience. Mm. Tell us about grief when we lose uh, a beloved animal of ours. Many people say that losing an animal can be even more difficult than losing a human companion. Can you tell us about our relationship with, with grief? Grief is a product of, of the matrix. In the energetic realm, you are not viewing and when we say you, you the, the strand of consciousness that you are perceiving as you. The, the, in the energetic realm, the death or separation ex experience is not viewed the way that is viewed in physical because there is no real separation in the energetic realm. You, you are all of source and you are all one. So the, the being that you are experiencing in physical you are intertwined with that being vibrationally for eternity. And you experience these beings expressing in physical form and absolutely your friends, your neighbors, your pets, and your pests are all your vibrational neighbors. Any, any physical being that you interact with through your life journey is a vibrational neighbor. And any physical being that you are closely entangled with in, in some sort of a relationship, some sort of regularity, 
that is a vibrational neighbor that's even closer to you, closer to you in, in your, your woven strand. Mm-hmm. So understand that your pets are vibrational neighbors that you will experience in most cases temporarily. Everything is temporary in your environment. But of course, we understand that from a human perspective, there are human beings that you are going to know for decades in physical if not your entire lifetime. A sibling can, can be one that you know through an entire life cycle, whereas a pet usually is, is a shorter time span in physical and linear time. A pet is going to come in and be part of your life in physical for five, 10, 15 years, where a human being might be far longer than that in linear time. So the, the, the concept of pet is a different vibration, but the separation is a similar experience, certainly, to the other physical beings, depending on your your opinion of the relationship. But understand that your opinion of the relationship is a creation of the matrix. Again, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with any of this. There's nothing wrong with grieving your pet, but it's not mandated. It's not something that you have to do. You absolutely can look upon the life experience of any other being and hold nothing but pure positive appreciation for the experience that was had while it was there without that feeling of loss in the separation. It's a human emotion. It's a, it's a chosen path. There's nothing wrong with choosing it. There's nothing wrong with having it. But when you start to, to parse out and make sense of, I am an eternal being here having this temporary human experience, this temporary physical experience, my being is not temporary but the human expression of me is temporary. I know that it's going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, a lifetime. And it's going to come to an end as I know it. And everyone that I interact with, everything that I interact with, including your planet itself, is going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Absolutely it is. Absolutely humanity is not going to continue on into infinity as humanity. You're expansive beings. You're becoming more sophisticated versions of yourselves as the entire universe is. There's no way that you're going to stay stagnant in this space where you are right now. There's no way your planet is going to be stagnant the way that it is right now. You're becoming more and more aware in measuring in linear time how old your planet is, how young in comparison humanity is, and understand that that beginning, middle, and an end in experience is something that you can apply to everything, including your pets. So the, the, this being comes in and brings you great joy. It is something that is operating in a simpler operating system than you are. It is something that is, is perhaps completely dependent upon you for care. And it is something that is expressing to you what you perceive as love. And it, 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 it is something that is beneficial to you if you allow it to be. So you, you have this being that is bringing joy into your experience. That's, there is nothing wrong with that. But believing that that being must be in physical to deliver an an ongoing experience forever to you, as long as you're on the earth, you you are not accepting the reality of your polarized environment of physical, and you're certainly not appreciating the the eternity of the energetic realm. Mm. It is completely possible for you to view your pet as an experience that you're having is every single thing that you experience in physical is that 
you can fully appreciate just for the experience that is, including the departure of that being back to its completed state. That is a soul, that is a strand of consciousness, just like you choosing to have a, a, an experience that is not as complex or as sophisticated, but choosing to project in to have the physical journey. And in the energetic realm, they are the, the, the animals of your world are more aligned with the energetic realm often than humanity is because your heightened intelligence creates more separation. So your animals are not judging the way that you are. We, we, we very often witness hum, humanity wanting to apply human emotion to a pet. But you, you, your pets have some degree of that. Your, your pets, especially highly domesticated species, such as dogs and, and guinea pigs and things like that, they, they are more of a reflection of humanity because humanity has engineered them to be such. Mm. So with all of that engineering, all of that breeding and engineering to, to make them more of a reflection of you, they are going to express more human-like emotions, but they are not fully as sophisticated a being as you are. And the, the positive side of that, if, if you want to start judging from a human perspective, is that they don't suffer the way that you do. They don't create all of the suffering that, that, you, that humanity tends to create by projecting into the future are judging something as this should not be. They are mm -hmm. more reactive to the current circumstances and more in the moment than humanity often is. And that is one of the things that you appreciate about them. You appreciate that about young children as well, because they are living more in the moment. The matrix has not yet got a hold of them and taught them to, to fret about the past and worry about the future and not pay attention to the current moment. And think about why the matrix does that. The, the human created matrix does that because when you're not present in the moment and you're operating a bit below zero on the vibrational spiral, you, you are a more pliable, useful consumer. Your pets are consumers via you. They, they are not making purchasing decisions. They are not deciding to go to the vet and buy pet food and, and things of this nature. They, they are consumers via you. So they are not that they are not manipulated in the way that you are, but you all in turn manipulate your pets into being more like you to be more in, in what you consider a harmonious environment with them. And your, your pets absolutely respond to your vibration. Absolutely. David spent the weekend with, the, uh, 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 with sciatica and being in a bit of pain and his dog was by his side the entire time where normally she is not. And it was her choice. She knew he wasn't feeling as well as normal. He was, he was sitting more because of the pain and she was right there with him the whole time. It's okay to want that. It's okay to appreciate that. But it, it, in, in applying the Taya practice, our teachings to your relationship with your pets, we would guide you to appreciate the, the freedom seeking beings that they are, but understand that any way you choose to operate that relationship, there's no rules from the energetic realm how to do that. But the more you appreciate them, the, 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 the more you appreciate the fact that their experience is going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, that they're going to probably depart before you do in physical, and that that can be something that is fully appreciated and even celebrated for the, the being that was without choosing to move through such a grief period that every time you miss them, you can simply make that missing of them being uh, be an appreciation of them. 
And you can choose to have a very different grieving experience than that experience that is rooted in this should not be. That's the component. Think about it. That vibration of this should not be creates all of your suffering on every topic, every time. Hmm. But as a Taya practitioner, you're, you're appreciating the beginning, middle, and end nature, the temporary nature of the relationship that you're having with this being. And there's no, this should not be. Even if, if something happens and the, and the pet meets a demise sooner than what you were expecting. This is, this is what transpired. This is the experience that I'm having. This is the experience my pet is having. The, the piece of meat that is on your dinner plate, if there is one, that's the experience that being had. And you can discern a preference to, to, to choose a, a, a less cruel, more natural state of, of, of demise for, for that which you consume. But the demise is, 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 is guaranteed in the breeding of the animal for the food source. You, you are creating as, as being consumers of, of living things, you all are well aware that you are engineering and creating additional opportunities for consciousness to project in, in what, what you are breeding for food. And there is an experience that it, that is had, even if it meets a, a, a more systematic demise as a food source even if there's a bit of fear, if not suffering involved in that. But where you can all go with this as humanity is you can move toward something that, that creates less suffering in the process. And you're all coming to understand now that the, the healthier entities to consume are the ones that are raised in less suffering. There is a vibrational signature present there. So it is possible to be a compassionate carnivore. Absolutely, it is not a requirement of the energetic realm, but it is possible to, again, you, you have a band of frequency, you have a band of frequency. So, so you, you, you have an animal that you're raising or you're supporting the raising of to become a food, food source for you, or even a source of clothing. The, 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 the life consumes life. So however you utilize that physical body is a, is a discerned preference. But the more up your spiral you are, the less you are going to, to tolerate cruelty. Because, because cruelty for the sake of cruelty is a, a product of lower vibration. Absolutely it is. Because again, when you're in a high vibrational state of being and you're loving all that is, that cruelty element is not present. However, the life-consuming life, when you're out of the matrix, the judgment of that is not present either. That's... Well, that was a lot. So let's change gears a bit and talk about humans being as a part of the food chain. We like to think that we're separate from nature, but in reality, if you've ever been out in nature, we can still very much be a part of the food chain. So as we're, as especially as, you know, communities are encroaching upon wild areas, we are having more and more encounters with wild animals of different types. So especially like uh, predators, like bears, wolves, coyotes. Um, tell us about humans current place in the food chain. So if we have a demise and end up as part of the food chain, 
we judge that as, of course, terrible, tragic, while others may celebrate it as, you know, nature getting a bit of revenge on us. Can you tell us about a little bit about our current interactions with nature as predators and as prey? Humanity absolutely has, has been part of the food chain, and you're well aware that there are species of animals that will eat you given the opportunity. However, that's becoming less and less common. Most of the, the human beings that meet their demise at the hands, if you will, of an animal are, it is more of a, of a territorial thing. You're encroaching upon their territory or you meet them face to face. And the, there is a fight or flight mechanism that is triggered in, in the being and they win the fight and the human being meets its demise. You will notice that 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 does happen sometimes, and the the human being that meets their demise is not necessarily consumed by the animal that does the killing, and that has a lot to do with the fact that 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 your physical bodies are not as appealing to them as a food source unless they're really really hungry unless they're starving. <laughs> You're not as appealing to them because you you've got all of this, uh, this synthetic compound flowing through you. You all do part of moving out of the wilderness and into structures and eating manufactured food and being in manufactured housing and things like that, 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 that is creating a, a vibration in your physical compound that is not as appealing to the animal. However, once that killing occurs, you're well aware that other things that aren't as particular will feed on your body and you will become food for the earth. Absolutely. And, and, and we have guided you to, to reconsider discerning a preference for returning your physical bodies to the earth environment. There is great benefit in that. We understand that human beings find the idea of, of throwing dead bodies, dead human bodies out into the wilderness and, and, and letting a free-for-all ensue to, to not be the most tasteful thing. We are not intending a pun there, but something yeah. that you consider that, that, that you don't want to witness. You don't want to walk out into the wilderness and see dead human bodies laying around. <laughs> But you can bury your body in, in, in the earth and allow it to become food for the earth again. You, you certainly can. Uh, th throwing your body into the sea, things of that nature, actually, for the longevity of humanity, you, you, are, you are placing yourselves back in the, the earth cycle of earth feeding earth. Mm -hmm. You are sort of disrupting that a bit when you, when you take yourselves out of it. The contrast that happens is you, you have illnesses and things like that, but you also your technology has prolonged your lifespan. So you're, you're living a longer time, but you're experiencing more illness. And very much of this illness is coming from the fact that you are feeding yourself synthetics and you're also uh, the, not part of the feeding your, your human bodies, your human vehicles back to earth. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's interesting. I have talked to people about my preference for natural burial and to have those options more readily available in where the, where I live. And people, I think, kind of see it as a bit ghoulish. However, I I am very um, enthusiastic about the idea of you know bringing back sky burials where birds can pick at her corpses, or to you know be buried at sea, or to have you know say something like water cremation, or simply being composted. Of course, again, that's a matter of preference, but um... why? Why not? If you if you take the the fear and judgment of the matrix out of it, why not return your physical vehicles to the earth that that produced it? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. One way or another, you you essentially are even in the the the, the burning of the uh, of the of the remains, the, the the ash becomes something that that feeds the earth. So there is that element to it. But the preserving in a container that is something that is not even sustainable. If if you go on into this perception of infinity on your planet, your your planet will eventually be used up in burial grounds. Mm-hmm. There will come a time that 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 would that you would have to figure something else out, mm-hmm. and you're already moving through a period where real estate is becoming more precious, in your opinion. So having taking up space in the ground to bury a body for for what is perceived as eternity, which is not, that the, there is there is no real upside to that other than than soothing some uh, preservationist mindset around the physical body, but but that is because. In the matrix, there is so much reverence given to the physical body and very little reverence given to the eternal strand of consciousness that is actually the being that is that body, mm-hmm. which is not part of the, the, the corpse that is left behind. You've left it behind. Your consciousness has moved on. Your consciousness is eternal. Mm-hmm. And the beings, the, the animals that, you're, that you are asking about, their consciousness is also eternal. So they don't mind being stuffed and taxidermied. Not at all. They, they are finished with that. You, you take it and do what you want with it is the attitude. Mm. Any, any closing remarks? As always, we, we have provided a, a lot of depth in, in very little time and, and, and perhaps provided some things that you have not pondered before. The more you move into our teachings and the more you listen to these things over and over again, the more it starts to click because you're all of source you are all of the energetic realm. All of these ideas and notions and things that we share are part of you already. You're just operating in a matrix that tends to cover them up. And if anything sparks fear, if anything sparks an opinion that, that is, is a lower vibrational opinion of, I should not be listening to this, this is wrong, this is bad, this is evil, understand that that is of the matrix, that you all have the ability to consume any information and process it and, and move through it and have it become part of your belief system or not. And that is your preference. And there is nothing right nor wrong with holding any set of preferences or any belief system as a human being. All belief systems hold value. We are offering up a belief system for those of you that have progressed your thinking beyond the matrix and feel like perhaps you're out in a bit of wilderness, not knowing how to operate your lives with universal law, because universal law is so simple in comparison to the complexity of the matrix. Taya is offering something for you to start building a belief system that is not dogma. And we, we want to depart with that, that statement that there is nothing required of our teachings, that there is no consequence for not following us or believing us or any of that. We are here flowing through David to provide clarity at a time when humanity is, is stepping out of the matrix. This is a very, very, very special time on planet Earth for humanity. You are all deconstructing your matrix in your own unique way. And in doing so, it's very easy to get drawn right back into it, into some other version of. And where you draw the distinction between what is matrix and what is source is, is there fear and judgment present? If there's fear and judgment woven into it, that is always of the matrix. If there is no fear, no judgment, no right, no wrong, Everything is expansive. That is source. Source is not judgmental. 
source is nothing but pure love and appreciation of all that is. And when you hear our words as shared through David and shared through others, that's the part that we are guiding you to consider moving more into because your lives become so very magical when you allow yourselves to go there. With much love, that is what we have. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.